Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the High Edge Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. We've got Mr. Matty here. Sup Matty? Sup everyone. How you doing man? Yeah, good yourself. Um, awesome. We just had a beautiful Saturday class. It's been an awesome week of Jiu-Jitsu. It's been the second week I think. We're in the blackboard around my waist. Yep. Class feels awesome. <laughs> feels great. Um, how's your training going Matty? Very good. Just come back from you know two week or a week in Melbourne mm-hmm. uh, with the Leverage crew, learning from Phil and of course Master Professor Sauer. So I'm good times, just coming back and applying everything I can on the mats. It doesn't stop, does it? No, never does. Uh, and that's the focus of our new episode today, and that is the Jiu Jitsu long game. Here's how to play. The professor talks so much about the long game. He does, but not in those words. Not in the words no, of long game. No, definitely. I've never heard him say long game. But I don't think I have. But I think the entire philosophy that we work with has to do with the long game. Yes. Um, I think the long game, and I guess by, by nature of this title, the long game is ex- like is distinct from the short game. Mm. What other games are there? Are there different games? Is it just a long game and a short game? Oh, I'm sure there's many different approaches. There's many ways, many approaches, Matty. Um, but in my 12 years of jiu-jitsu, and you're how many years? 10, almost. 10? Nearing on 10. Wow. Nine, I think. I don't even know. It was that many years. Yeah, no, it'll, I'll be in, I'm sorry, I will be in my 10th year next year. Wow. Like 2020? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's beautiful. In um, our many years on the mats... Uh, I think we've learned. We've learned from mistakes, and we've made many mistakes, and we've learned things, and we're always looking to improve on mm. ourselves. I love jiu-jitsu, Matty. Do you love jiu-jitsu? I really do. How much out of 10? 10. 10. 12, <laughs> 13, 14. Yes, we both, we both have a love for jiu-jitsu, and my guess is if you're tuning in to a high jiu-jitsu podcast, you probably love jiu-jitsu as well. We all love jiu-jitsu. We show up to class... And we do our best to apply ourselves to the task at hand, being, you know, the technique on the day or, you know, like the, the, the mission that we're being um, told to accomplish in class. In a high jiu-jitsu class, when we start off, you first learn to focus on your breath and tune in with the feeling and the movement of your own body. That's our warm-up. What else are we doing in our warm-ups, Matty? Uh, we then move into just some very gentle movements. Yep, yep. And are they like just random movements? Are they always like, are they? Um, it may seem random for your first class. Yep, yep. But it's all well thought out. Yes, and it's all thought out and it comes into a nice little pack. By the end of the class, you're like, oh, I saw what happened there. Um, and it's my aim that, you know, you see what's happening during the class so you can start making those connections straight away, like at the time. Yep. But in any case, you know, like we go from the warm up and we go into technique and then, you know, we might go into some specific training you know now when we repeat the techniques look the goal is to refine and to learn in every single class we come into the goal is to refine and the goal is to learn when we repeat techniques even you know like we can talk about the long game of for one technique let's say today in the women's only class we did an upa um, bridge and roll and the upa was when someone was coming to you know punch you in the face as in they weren't doing anything with their hands they weren't trying to arm by you they weren't trying to cross collar choke you from the top in mount they were trying to they had their hands free so it was your job to come underneath with their with your hips make their hands busy on the ground wrap up an arm grab it catch the leg and then jump over and make an upa yep. come on top um, and we started and I showed the ladies I showed them one step Second, second, sorry, um, demonstration. Third demonstration. We had Jazz come up, up, and practice the technique in front of everybody, and said, "Okay, let's go." Now, Maddie, how many times have you practiced the UPA bridge and roll? Uh, what, in, including in live training? I couldn't count. Regardless, I wouldn't be able to. to That's count the whole that. point. Yeah. You cannot count them I because there's count. been so many, right? Now. If we came into this class as though this was the one and only class we're ever going to do, we'd expect to know every single detail of the UPA by the end of the class and memorize it and have it all absolutely perfect. If this was the short game and if there was like a time, like a like time was ticking in order for me to learn or else, 
then I would have to go into every class and learn it all off by heart, one by one by one. Like, mm. like there'd be a lot of pressure for me to learn this stuff. Yep. But it's not the case. The goal is to refine, the goal is to learn. But if we do it from the long game, then the techniques that we practiced in class today, you're probably gonna, you're definitely gonna get a chance to practice. If you're still in the game, if you're still in the game and it's not game over for you, and we'll talk about ways to hit game over later, you know, but if you're still in the game, then there's gonna be another opportunity to practice that upa as well. So that's why we always say 1% better, you know, with every, every technique, we always say 1% better every day, every class, every repetition, one little bit better. So that's why one thing we'd say in class is every rep is a different story. Yes. Because when it's a different story, you can start to refine every single different tech, every single attempt that you make at this one technique. It's a different story. Yeah. You're not repeating it mindlessly, you know, and just going over the motions, blah, blah, blah. It's always, a, always looking into the experience of making that technique happen because that experience can vary and there could be differences in experience between the first attempt and the second and the 10th and the 20th and the 12,000th in your case, Absolutely. right? So in that case, that's how we're refining when we make little differences on every single time we attempt. And even when we bring it back to the very first time you're in that class and you're doing that technique, you wanna make sure that you don't just discard it when you don't get it right. Be like, ah, oh, it's not right. Mm -hmm. You need to practice a technique a hundred times to get it more, more exactly, more than a hundred times, <laughs> yeah. hundreds of times to get it right. And you, don't be discouraged. I guess is my point. Mm -hmm. uh, when you come in and you do this bridge and roll and you just can't seem to get it, when you come back around to it in a month or two months time, when we get back to doing it again, I reckon you're going to get it pretty damn good. I agree. I think so too. You know. Just one of those things you want to really, I love that mindset of, of, as you were saying, treat every rep as if it's a different story. Yeah. You know, the first one you got wrong, let's keep, let's keep trying it. Keep going. We're going to learn and, if, and ask questions and how to get there. A hundred percent. And you know what? Each repetition is a different story. This, is, this doesn't just apply in terms of the technique aspect of class. We're talking about the, you know, the forward roll and the backward roll as well. Like that, you can't just um, just go out and break out into forward rolls just to get the lap done and then you're done. You know, like mm. in jiu-jitsu, at least at higher jiu-jitsu, we aim to build awareness. And the way to build awareness of your movement is to just pay attention to your movement. So breaking things down, starting slow, becomes yes. very important in order to start improving. Now, when you're playing the short game, you don't have time to go slow. No, you're you're trying, like, to get, trying to get one fit. after the other. Oh, these are forward fit. rolls for my athletic ability. I'm boom, gonna just boom, do like boom. I'm gonna see if I can do the entire lap in one forward roll. Yeah, maybe you dive like two meters and do a crazy forward roll. And that, I mean that's possible too. <laughs> the, the, just the thing is, like, we're, I apologize, guys. There is a piece of metal right at my feet. So anytime that happens again, just know I'm just kicking something. Getting Sorry. too excited. Too excited. I always get too excited. We're talking jitsu, Maddie. That's it. So look. You know, we refine, we learn. We then take those techniques that we practiced in class. And then, you know, towards the end of the class, we start going to a little bit of specific training. And so we apply those techniques with somebody who's also trying their own techniques. You yes. know, so it's like, you know, our partner is resisting and he's not trying to stop my techniques. He's just trying to counter my techniques and make their own techniques work as well. And each time that person will have a different body type as well. Yes. So it's always a different story. Always. And, you know, throughout the course of your jiu-jitsu career, there's going to be thousands of students that come in and out, different bodies that you practice with all the time. Look, every time we do this, we're looking after our opponent. You try to roll with finesse, as in you try to build as much quality in your movement as possible. You try to build efficiency. That means you stop... You you try to work as little as is necessary to accomplish what you'd like. Mm. You know, that's what I'd say is efficiency, you know, with as, as less and less energy, only as much energy as what's needed and no more. Initially, when you start jiu-jitsu, you're gonna get tapped many times. At some point in the journey, you start, it's really fun. Mm. You start to make others do the tapping. Yeah, you know, I think the problem with that is it's easy to get carried away and swept up in it mm -hmm. to, and you get excited and you kind of get lured into 
you know, you're, we get excited and you want to hunt and you want to go, oh, I got to tap, it feels good. I tap someone. Yep. You know, I've been coming to jiu-jitsu for four weeks or, or two months and I've just been tapped for two yep. months and now I finally caught someone. Yeah. You know, then that could, it's, it's rewarding. It's fun. It's very yeah, good. It's, just it's don't great. get carried away with it. Why not? Because you don't want to get too excited. Why? Because then you you basically cut corners, right? as opposed to well, there's a there's a chance. I won't say everyone. I feel for me anyway. I know I know myself. Mm-hmm. If I were to get excited, I'd probably start cutting some corners. Whereas if I take take a step back and just keep doing what I'm doing, I'm gonna get better. A hundred percent. You know why I'm kind of asking these questions? It's because the goal, Maddie, is always to learn. Absolutely. Yes. And you know what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I get from what you're saying is um, ensuring that the goal doesn't become getting as many taps as possible, even though they're the most fun. Like they're the most enjoyable correct. part of yeah. it. Yeah. In, in that you get kind of the goal becomes being the winner as opposed to yes, learning. exactly. That's, don't fall into that trap. Exactly. And it's good. Don't get us wrong. Like feels don't good. get me wrong. Like you, it feels good to get ta- get submissions to submit people. It feels good not to get submitted, but in the long game, learning is most important. And in the long game, to be honest, I think you sub- getting submitted by other people is going to be so much more beneficial I later agree. on. I, I'm starting to really appreciate uh, just giving openings to, to white belts. Yep. And when they get everything right, giving it to them because i know that they've they're learning and yeah. like this is a it's kind of for them 100 and that's yes. like, and that's actually just as rewarding as me getting a tap on on someone yeah it's just for them but you like you're also learning too right absolutely you know if you and that's what i was having a good chat with phil yesterday uh, a couple of days ago and he's like john you know now that you're a black belt your focus must be on like ensuring and being wholly confident in your defenses you know, and making sure, hope, you know, the goal being that you can go onto any mat around the world and like no one can submit you. Maybe you're not gonna go and submit everybody. I'm sure you can submit a lot of people, you know, as a black belt with those mechanics that you have. But the biggest focus is not getting submitted, you know, and focusing on defenses rather than your attacks. Yep. Because when we play the long game, Maddie. We can't help but get old, you know. And when you get old, you lose that ability to, you know, you lose maybe like the ability, but maybe also like the desire. Like you more want to just defend yourself. And you know, as you start to lose your physicality, which is gonna happen when you get old, then the thing that you got there is your defenses, your shield. You can always develop your shield, and you always have that shield. The sword. Slowly, over the course of many, many years, the sword kind of um, breaks down a little bit, you know, it blunts a little bit, which is okay. And I'm sure you're always trying to sharpen, but it gets to the point where maybe the the sword isn't mega sharp all the time. Like, you know, Mm. um, ask Professor about Grandmaster Elio. At the age of 95, he was still rolling. Still hunting people too. (laughs) Well, maybe not hunting. Well, apparently he had Professor in mount and Professor gave him the two hands and the neck. Oh, that's right. And then, you know, and he he let Grandmaster Elio tap him, and he got like, asshole. He gave me that. Yeah, that's it. Asshole. You get punished for actually being nice. Yeah, he's like, he was being nice, and Elio was like, no, man, give me everything you got because I want to test myself against your best, you know, counterattacks and attacks. Mm. Um, So, you know, I want to be old and gray, and I want to be 95 years old too, and and rolling. Mm. And when I'm doing that, I'm sure there's going to be young people, 30, 40, 50 years my... um, my youth, younger than me, and you know they're going to be coming after me a lot, you know. And I want to understand my defenses more than anything, yep. you know, because that's what's going to keep me safe and that's what's going to keep me on the mats. Now, even in, ten, in say five, ten years, your current group of kids, oh my they're, god, they're going to be hunting. Yeah, you. what am I talking about when I'm <laughs> ninety-five? Just give me, just give us five, ten years, that's and it. we got some monsters here at higher. Absolutely, and everyone's learning the same things I want, you know. And but you guys are learning it all from 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 uh, you know an early stage of your jiu-jitsu. Absolutely, you know, seeing seeing our white to blue belt career, uh, test that happened well at the start at the middle of this year, July, 
Um, but then seeing um, like how everyone's working things and seeing, you know, like two strappers and one stripe white belts and their knowledge, you know, and their mm. ability to carry out like some of the most fundamental techniques in all of jiu-jitsu um, just blows me away, really. But um, like coordinatedly too. Yeah. Yes. Like there's, there's and they're there's not robots. Un- like unprecedented they're... level of coordination. In yes. A hundred percent, and it's um, it's amazing to see. Um, and I think we're um, there's a bit of a slog coming up, Maddie. <laughs> As in, um, the, these white belts, when their belts start getting a little bit darker, mm. are going to be they're going to start they're going to have good tools in their pocket you know absolutely and if we're not nice to them right now it's going to become a bit of a problem yeah we've got to be nice now that's why a professor says always says the kids that are in your school make sure you're nice to them mm. no matter how big and strong you are right now they're coming for you make no mistake <laughs> that's it so be nice everybody because we are playing the long game <laughs> the long game the long game yes you're acquiring the skills of self-defense yes in the long game you're doing your best to get better Let's compare it to the short game. The short game, that's to get frustrated that you're not remembering. Damn, I forgot this detail. Mm. Oh, I just, I've seen this upper once and I just don't understand. You know, um, mm. this you're not learning as fast as you should be. The should be, in this case, is that imaginary figure. You know, and it's running towards a non-existent finish line. You have there's so many lessons in jiu-jitsu and you have to keep like absorbing them and immersing yourself in these lessons. And should be implies that you are somewhere where you are, you, you ought to be somewhere where you are currently not, but you are where you are right now. And it's okay because if you have a long time to develop and to refine yourself and to learn, then it's okay where you're at right now because you're always looking to get better. And if you can get 1% better over the course of not, you know, the next six months, not the next six weeks to blue belt, but it's going to be the next, you know, six years, 16 years, 60 years. 1% better every day. Over the course of one year, 16 years. 16 years. Over 16 years. You do the math. I don't even want to. That's my head's already starting to hurt. Me neither. That's just going to exponentially increase. It definitely, yes, and exponential is a good word because that's what happens. They're like very minute Mm. jumps and leaps, you know, when you first start off. But I think it gets like, maybe the details get smaller, like more, uh, Mm. I guess, intricate. But the effects of those little details are more grandiose, like they're bigger. Absolutely. And um, there's more more effects. Imagine building a bridge. That's the way I envisage it. And you're building from both sides of the bridge, building together, and you're going 1% of the bridge every day. You're adding it in. For 99 days, you can't use that bridge until the very last day. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you put the last piece into place, the bridge is connected. Now you've just unlocked this whole, like... A, a new new passageway essentially mm-hmm. for you to go that saved all this time and yeah okay for the first 99 days you were like oh i just it's not it's not working for me yeah and then all of a sudden day that one last piece falls into place and it all just clicks yeah and but then maddie you also like the sydney harbour bridge i did the bridge climb a few months ago with my wife and it yeah. was awesome and i highly recommend that to everybody sorry um but we also heard from the tour guide that almost every day they're maintaining the bridge too, and they have to paint the bridge. Yep. You know, and they have to like sand back the the, the paint and then repaint it again. And of course, the road has to, you know, the asphalt has to be laid down again yep. all the time, and the 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 structures. We need Nick Avery on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, he'd be talking. All he'd be about talking it. about the the engineering of a bridge. Yep. But you get what I'm saying. Like the bridge must always be maintained. Yep. You know, because otherwise it's gonna fall to pieces again. And that's going to be the problem. So it's, okay, sure, you connected the bridge, but there's always maintenance on the bridge as well. Absolutely. And, yes. and Maintenance is a lot easier than building a bridge, though. If it does require consistent effort, which is the long game, but it's easier to maintain than it is to build. Yeah. So that's why you want to build it properly from the beginning. Correct. Rather than, like, messing up, like, one little part of it and having to take the bridge apart again and then bring it back in together. You know, and that's, that's, I guess, what I'm saying. 
um, with our white belts. Like I am so uh, content, I'm yeah. so satisfied that they're learning um, good mechanics, quality jujitsu yep. from the beginning. Yep. You know, I feel as though um, I had a few kinks and cracks and like I messed up a few of the, bit of the alignment of the bricks and of the rivets and a few rivets didn't fall into place properly and they didn't catch in the first attempt at building the bridge. Yep. And so I had to break the whole bridge down again and start, you know, and see where did I mess up? Well, what were my mistakes? And then went back and redid those mistakes and come back in again. And I got to the end, like as in I got to the, to the black belt and of course I'm still not done. I'm still at the beginning again. Hmm. But um, what our new current white belts, they're, they're getting a fresh, beautiful yeah. quality bridge right from the beginning. Absolutely. And they've got quality control when everyone's coming around and making sure that every step of the way is good, mm-hmm. is on point, is not just satisfactory, it's excellent. And then you can build off that. And that's how you build off good foundations. And that's how the long game, that's how you're, sh- rest, like, you know, you're short of the long game. Because if you have good mechanics from the beginning, if you keep yourself safe from the beginning, Everything happens so, like it all just works out so much better. Learn, play the long game. You, when you play the long game, you get those fundamentals down to the point where you understand everything that's happening. Then you can get all the nice niceties on the sides. They're just going to come naturally without you having to go searching for them. Yep. And you know what? Like when you play the long game, there isn't a finish line. No. So that bridge that you mm. said, it got built, sure, but it's not like, okay, done with the bridge. No more. Let's not worry about the bridge anymore. It's done. Bridge is going to fall down very soon. Mm. So, you know, there's no end in sight. So you're always like repairing and, and, and as we said at the start, refining and learning. Mm. Now, that isn't punishment. For some people, oh man, I've got to get back to that. This isn't punishment, people. This is, the, this is a reward because you're always reminded that you're a student of this martial art. Mm. And this martial art is so much bigger, so much more intricate than anything you can imagine that's why you know you have to eat that humble pie regularly and say you know what i'm always i always need to improve so as you were saying when you went to melbourne was that before we went on air or after and you said you went to melbourne so you wanted to um expose the holes in your game yes you know and that's not like it's not a bad thing to have holes in your game and sure you've been training for 10 years but there are holes holes in everyone's game and holes in everyone's understanding. And you just said it yourself. Jiu-Jitsu is so big, bigger than you can ever yeah. imagine. Um, I, I remember once being told uh, a black belt's the equivalent of a, a degree at university. I don't believe that. To be honest, I think a black belt is way more. Yeah. I honestly, Jiu-Jitsu is so big. I think you, you, the amount of time you could spend doing a degree, a master's and a doctorate you still probably wouldn't have put in as much time as to get a black belt. I don't think I have, really. Like, I think, yeah, jiu-jitsu time for me has been way more than my uni time. Not that I got a doctorate, but I would have by now if I, if I spent the amount of time on the mats that I was yeah, at uni. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's how deep this thing goes. Mm-hmm. That's, you can say and, it. But we still haven't stopped. We're at the doctorate, and we're still, like, we're still always learning. Yeah, you got a doctorate. You made one research paper on a topic. There's still so much more research to be done. Yep, Exactly. And um, what, what I'm trying to get at with this is the fact that it's a joy mm. to, to keep going back and to keep you know um, refining and relearning. Yep. That's the fun of this whole stuff. And if you don't find that fun, I don't know. Like jiu-jitsu might not be so much fun for you, or at least you know um, you might have to do a little bit of work on that because you're probably going to have holes in your game, and you're probably going to be ignorant to them. Like mm. your choice, you know, and you probably choose to be ignorant on them, but you know, don't um, don't be worried or don't be upset if people come in and like submit you. You don't know why. You know, because it's your job, it's your masterpiece. Your jiu-jitsu is your own masterpiece, and you need to come in and identify what what are the weaknesses, what are the strengths. And usually, it's your it's your partners, your training partners are going to show this to you by exposing them. And Maddie was saying that he just went, you know, to a different state. How much? You, Spent money in airfares and yep. travel and accommodation all and Pedro Sauer seminars. Yep. All to have his holes exposed and for his knowledge and his understanding to get it to be improved. And I commend you for that, mate. I think and that's beautiful. I think it's awesome. I don't awesome. expect any of that. This is just a thing, you know. I guess it can be a mindset trap. Oh, Matt went down for a, a week. And yeah. Did this, nothing but that for a week. He's going to come back a gun. Yeah. Or is he going to murk me with all these new skills? No. 
this is a long game. I can't just go there and absorb like by osmosis and I naturally have perfect technique because I've seen it a couple of times. You have to practice it every day until you get it right. Mm -hmm. Like I went down there and I saw all of this. I was exposed to it. It was amazing. But now I have to practice it all repeatedly thinking that way, all of the above as opposed to I've seen it once I've now got this technique up it's my down, sleeve down yeah I've, I, saw, I saw Professor do a Tick. guillotine I bet you I've got the best guillotine yeah. in the gym now no not quite you know what I'm thinking about now you know um, in Matrix when oh, Neo yeah, gets yeah. Uh, locked up in you, the you know Kung Fu I know Jiu Jitsu <laughs> you know like you just yep. download download the, the Jiu Jitsu program in your brain that'd be mad that would be good but, but I'd bad. like to outline Maddie. Um, during Master Sauer's tour of Australia, I went to about, wait, Gladesville and two hires and Newcastle. Um, I think we seminar. ended up going to the same amount. Really? I went to eight. I think I went to about six or seven. Yeah, I think okay. we were like the leading, um, most frequent uh, seminar attendees of Master Sauer this year. And Maddie was number one. And I just want to say, good job, Maddie, because that shows me and that shows the school and that shows the listeners and that shows everybody that you know you're not a you're not a finished product and in your brain you're not a finished product and if you thought you were a finished product you probably wouldn't be doing this podcast with me right now and you probably wouldn't be a coach of high jiu-jitsu you know I'd, but i probably rock up once a week and just have like, a roll. yeah come at me yeah, come at me it. you know and I'm mad. <laughs> um, yeah exactly look at my purple belt that's but it. it's not because you're a purple belt you're one of the highest one, one of like a higher ranking student in our school mm. And you're still seeking knowledge, and that's essential. And I don't, is that ever going to stop, Matty? No. <laughs> no. I, I agree. I believe you. I really uh, do believe Maybe you. when I die. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, unless, unless, like, my corpse is somehow doing jujitsu. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> so, okay. Um, just for everybody, just so we can get a little bit more understanding, um, Matty, what are some differences between the short game versus the long game? Um, I feel like the the... The short game is coming in at kind of a win at all costs mentality. Yeah. Uh, you know, where it's like you're not putting your worth on winning. Well, you kind of are in a way, but that's yep. what you're trying to get out of it. You're trying to be, you're, you're trying to be I want to be the most badass person um, ever. I want to be unkillable. And you say so you, you put it to the test every day and you just fight. That's kind of short term because you're not learning. You're just fighting. Mm-hmm. So maybe you being like, okay, I've, I know enough knowledge now. I want to go out and like fight people. That's you already saying like, okay, I'm done in terms of learning. I am the finished product. I am going out to practice it, and practice put it to and test. put it and do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it now. You know, you get some students that come in and they're like, okay, okay, I'm learning, sure, but when I'm going to do it, I want to do it. It's like, well, you you have to learn it first, mm. and you you do, but you learn as you do. You know, and that's that's very important. And that's also long game. For and that's why we drill. Yes. What Sorry, Kitdale. What up? No, nah. no, stop it. Because you guys are talking different stuff. I believe. When we when we drill, Maddie, what do you mean by drilling, Maddie? Uh, practicing techniques. Thank you very much. Like, for for me, that's not drilling. When I, the, my first idea of what a like drilling technique is, is saying, okay, Maddie, I want to drill the upper bridge and roll. And then I'm gonna, you're gonna jump on me, and I'm just gonna repeat this technique a hundred times. No, yeah. That's what in my head, that's what drilling is. Like when I drill, and I, maybe that's what it was like, you know, back in the day. Like, and I think that's what Kid Dale's kind of like rejecting the fact that drilling technique implies that I'm just gonna repeat a technique over and over and over again. And to be honest, I agree. Like, if that, if those repetitions, see what we said before, repetition is a different. Every rep is a different story. Yes. So if you go into that upa and you're just like I'm gonna do the upa a hundred times just for the just for the number of a hundred and then I'm satisfied and uh, and I'm content that I know the upa more than I knew it before those hundred attempts, I just think you're gonna waste your time. No, yeah, of course. Because you're not thinking and you're not refining and you're not mindful of every little aspect of the technique. I think what you're talking about in terms of drilling, correct me if I'm wrong again, mm-hmm. is you know okay. Everybody, we're in mount. I'm going to keep my elbows in. This is the technique we're going to practice, and we're going to practice this one. So, okay, three, two, one. We all go. And then, you know, that that time, right? Is like, okay, you're going to keep repeating the technique, but you're going to be talking with your partner. 
Yes. You'll be saying, what if I do this? Okay, then, okay, the technique we're, changes like that. We're okay, exploring so, a position and with a central theme as opposed to... Yeah. As opposed to just going, let's repeat until a million. Yeah, and of course, like, repeating it is important, you know, like, um, but again, doing it from the beginning again, going back to white belt, back to, like, always back to the start, yep. as though you don't know anything, you know, um, rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. Anyways, um, so... The long game, it comes with its, with its own rules of play. Different rules of play to the short game, hmm. the long game. The first rule, Matty, yep. first things first, do not get injured. Oh, that's a big one. That is a big one. Do not get injured. Don't I mean, get injured in the long game, people. In the long game, letting your limbs snap and your neck crank isn't an intelligent thing to do. You need these joints fresh and healthy because you want to be training to that age of 95. Like Elio was training at 95, that's definitely the long game. Yep. I want to be doing that. I need healthy joints. Yep. And right now I'm 31. My joints are, you know, most of them are okay. But these joints have another 60 years of jiu-jitsu to do, you know, and that's like they're not even close, you know, to, to the amount that they've been doing so far. So we need to keep ourselves safe before anything else. Before the armbar defense, before, you know, um, learning submissions. Like, we you need to do keep not get yourself safe with our own injured. movement first, which is why we have such a beautiful warm up pro program, as we touched on at the beginning of the podcast. You just hit the nail right on the head, Maddie. Yes. Yes. Because you have to understand how to use your own body first so you don't injure yourself. Accidents from somebody else, they can be, um, we, can, we can see those coming if we're doing things in the right way. Yep. But more than anything, I think the, the biggest way people injure themselves, people injure themselves is what I'm saying. That's the first problem. So the first problem there, don't injure yourself. Yeah. Um, we know when you let your bones break in an armbar, you know, or, you know, when you let your knee tweak, when some, you're trying to escape someone's heel hook or something like that, you lose points in the game of, in the long game. The long game, there's points in the long game too, just like there's points in competition. Um, and you lose many points when you let, when you injure yourself, especially your joints mm. in jiu-jitsu. It, it may seem like six months off now, but that's probably an, an, an additional six months in the, in the future. Or it might now. be like a year, it might be a year 20, that you have to 30, retire early. You know? Correct, yeah, six months of earlier retirement. Yeah, 100%. Um, Points, these points, when you lose them, they come in years you're able to be on the mats. So if you do minus 10 points for, minus 10 for a hurt years. pinky, yes. Man, I just cut my finger off and be done, my pinky <laughs> off and be done with it. I'm like, I'm not letting this ruin my jiu-jitsu. Man, that's a lot of your grip right there in the pinky. So um, it's smarter to tap when you need to and reset again, ready to learn from your mistake. Don't get caught with it for the next time. The short game is like, oh my, my arm's about to break. No, I don't wanna, I don't wanna tap. I wanna try to escape. If my arm breaks, so be it. But when you're thinking about it in terms of the long game, you have to go back and train with that arm tomorrow. So why not just tap in that situation? Mm. And you know what you can do? You can say tap, tap, tap. Okay, man, stop. You got me. Now, can I just see if this escape will work from this position? Um, and most, all everybody in high jiu-jitsu is gonna say, sure man, I'm gonna hold this here and see, if, see what works like next. And if you can't get the arm out, at least you don't have a broken arm because of it. And if you can get the arm out, then you learn to an escape. So you can have that in your pocket for next time. You can go back and drill that escape next time and see the, the nuances of that escape and see how it all works to make that escape better and to understand it more. But you tap before, tap. Yep. And know, that way you got a safe arm and you've got understanding of the hole that you need to fix. Who's, who's gonna, who do you think has the more potential to survive better in a fight? The person who's just injured their arm because they didn't want to tap, or the person who's got a good and able arm because they tapped? Um, what is this like? Look, Maddie, if someone, if we're in a fight and someone's got an arm bar on me, like. No, 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 not in that fight. So you, you've been at tr 
situation A and B. You're, one of them you tapped early, as you just said. Yeah, as in if I tap 100 times to an armbar, probably yeah. the 101st time I'm going to be way better. Well, not even that. So you, so you tap early yeah. or you tap late and you injure yourself. Yeah. So later that night you're going home from class. Yeah. Well, who's going to be better able to defend themselves? The person who tapped early? Or the person with their arm in the sling? Or the person with their arm in the sling? <laughs> I'd imagine the first one. I'd imagine the first one too. Exactly. Um, and it sucks. Like, you you know, because then you injure yourself and you go home and you can't train. And, you know, you're off the mats. You're not learning. And that, that whole short game thing isn't working so well. I'm probably going to quit jiu-jitsu because you're like, oh, it's too, too dangerous. I get hurt. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu too dangerous. No, <laughs> you're, you're too dangerous. Um, <laughs> like we, had, we had this student that came in. Anyways, it was just like, the person just did not want to tap, didn't like tapping because their, their coach at their home school told them like that tapping is a bad thing. It's not good to tap. You don't want to be tapping. You want to avoid tapping at all costs. So this person was actually ready to let their shoulder completely like come out of the joint because there was a Kimura that was completely on like three times, three different Kimuras that were on and the, the face was just cold, like wasn't feeling any. This was like a Mundial, not even. Like this was this was just normal Friday night training. Wow! And the arm was like, yeah, it's gonna break. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't feel pain. I'm like, that's your arm, because when, if that arm, if you didn't have a respectful training partner that didn't crank that, you're done for the next three months at least, because you didn't want to put that tap on. So tap now, people. Be tap happy. It's fine. Yep. It's okay to tap. If things are on, you know, if you're just a little bit uncomfortable and you tap, then, you know, you can ask yourself that question later. But in terms of like, you know, if, like when we're talking submissions, when we're talking something that's like, true, this uncomfortable is the first step of pain. So if Maddie's got my leg in like a very un- super uncomfortable position, I'm either gonna like completely bail on what I'm trying to do so I can fix my knee. And if I can't do that, I'm gonna say, Maddie, stop, stop, tap, yep. whatever it takes, stop, Maddie. Because if you explode or do something like that when my knee's in a bad spot, that could potentially be me, my knee done. And that's six months of my jiu-jitsu. It's me not on the mats, it's me on the couch trying to, trying to had rehab exact my knee. scenario happened where t- this week or last week, I just rolled over my leg funny. Yeah. And I tapped because I was like, I just don't want to be in a position where I, if I have to push through that leg. And I just wiggled my knee for two seconds. It was actually fine. Yeah. But it was just in that moment I wanted to be sure. And then we just resumed. I mean, I, it was yeah. out of, on, coming out of a sweep, so I still ended up resuming inside control. So it was fine. Yeah. Well, like, hang on, let's just pause for a minute. Thank you. Like, my knee's okay. Yes. All right, I rolled over it back. Yep, let's go. And what did you do the day after? I came back and trained. Hey. See what we're saying? Like, we need we, this. This is very important. Um, accidents also lose points in the long game mm. and I know it's an accident and I'm, I, I know that you didn't intend to hurt your partner or hurt yourself but there still stands you still had the accident the accident was done the milk's on the table <laughs> your miscoordination and or your overenthusiasm was the cause of that accident you know what else sorry doesn't fix anything no. Maddie oh I'm so sorry I just need your nose and I put your nose to the other side of your face I'm so sorry. I look like Rocky now. <laughs> <laughs> does that does that fix your nose when no, I say sorry? It certainly doesn't. If uh, my elbow slams your cheekbone into your head, my eye pops out. Then your eye pops out. I'm sorry, Maddie. I didn't mean it. It's all right, Johnny. I'll just put it back <laughs> in. <laughs> that is not going to work. You know, if I'm on, if I'm doing a heel hook, and you blow out my knee, and I blow out your knee, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Maddie. Is that your ACO that goes back in? Magically, magically, the sorry can go in and can just tie it up again. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. I'll just sprinkle some sorry on I'm it. I'm sorry. <laughs> It'll make it all better. No. <laughs> so we need to be safe before the accident happens. Before this sorry, avoid the sorry. Yep. So if there's a thing that you're doing that you're not maybe not quite sure, you don't have a hundred like full control over it, mm. slow it down. Maybe not, not completely stop it, but slow it down to the point where you avoid these sorries because the less sorries, the better. You have to respect your partner. You have to respect yourself. You have to respect this art of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. It's self-defense. So you have to defend yourself. And part of defending yourself is keeping yourself safe. No injuries. 
Sure, some discomfort in and amongst the process is okay. But there you go. As Rocky said, no pain, no pain, no pain, no pain. Okay, on that note. You know what? I just want to like, one thing to add, uh, nat- people who are naturally gifted. You know, some mm-hmm. people are just genetically like, they're super flexible yep. or they're just very athletic and strong. And I'm not saying all people are, all naturally gifted people are like this, but don't get lured into the short game. Yeah. Because, or not even that, with the injuries, don't uh, don't take your, your, your athleticism for granted. Yeah. Because you might jump one day and your knee was out of alignment, even though normally you're super athletic or whatever the movement is, I'm to pick the jump, and you're just going to push through it incorrectly because you were taking it for granted. Slow it down that little bit. Tap when you're art when you're super flexible shoulders yeah. being twisted into mm-hmm. you know into another universe because some people's f- shoulders are so flexible. But just tap, right? I, we get it. You are flexible, yeah. But also respect <laughs> yourself, you know, yes. like. That's what it comes down to, Maddie. Like respecting yourself, really, you know. Because if you don't have any respect for yourself, then you're like, okay, you can crank my joints in any position, any which way you want. But it's like it doesn't do anyone any favors. No. And let's um, just like make that very distinguished. Uh, just because you're mobile doesn't mean you have to exploit like r- like the depths of your range of motion. You know, yeah. like just like have that as a benefit that's that's a an advantage up your sleeve shouldn't be everything you use but don't use that yeah. you know yeah. like don't like rely on your technique and don't get put into positions where you're gonna have to rely on your mobility yes that's critical yes and that's another way of, of staying safe and not getting not being injured hmm. now part two onto the next rule of the long game maddie can you do the honors next you need to keep it fun. Oh yeah. To learn and to have fun, uh, uh, interdependent. Without one, you will not get the other. Maybe like in the army or something like, you know, like it's uh, like this tough, tough person mentality, you know, like tough love. Um, doesn't work. Man, even I'm just gonna go, just go straight back to school. I, for me, this I'm like the embodiment of this. Yeah, why? If if I don't find it fun, yeah, I'm not gonna learn. So me in high school, I was I was there were there were classes that I had fun in, and I enjoyed the the, the thing. I was always at the top, mm-hmm. and if I did not enjoy your class. I was at the very bottom. If not I did not that, have fun, you're distracting. You're being. A I was head. distracting <laughs> everyone else. I was. I was a terrible student in that yeah. regard. In that, if I was enjoying it and, and having fun in the class, I would be at the top of the class. Yeah. But if I wasn't, I was the biggest pain yeah. for every other student. Yeah. <laughs> I'd always be back chatting. It was terrible. It was terrible. So uh, it, look back at your own school days, and you'll find that this is so true. Yep. Yeah. Well, look back at your school days. Look back at the things that you're doing in and around your life. Yes. Do you like yoga? I like yoga. You're probably good at it if you like it. Yep. Because it probably means that you're going three, four times a week and you're, you know, friendly with your teacher and you're probably going on YouTube and you're looking at, you know, like um, famous yogis and their tips on yoga. Do they ever do like yoga seminars and that? I don't know. Yeah, they do. They do? Yep. Like, so you're going to get a, like a guru yogi coming yeah. out and yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you're going there and you're doing all your research like that and you've got your, mm-hmm. um, you know, high-tech <laughs> the Lululemon. Of pe- the Pedro Sauer of yoga. <laughs> yeah. You're doing, you got your Lululemon gear on, you know, that's make, that makes you better at yoga and you've got yep. your very expensive yoga mat um, because you do it all the time and you're practicing it mm-hmm. and you're learning and, and you're having fun with it, which is why you continue. Absolutely. So in order mm-hmm. to, and that's why, you know, you're getting better at it. And the same thing with your jiu-jitsu. If you want to, improve you have to keep it fun because when you're having fun it's um like fueling your curiosity and if you're not curious then your bucket is like it's not it's not your your cup Mm. is full when you're not curious like i'm done i don't need to learn anymore because i'm done but you need to have an that empty that cup has to be empty Mm. and that means you need to be um curious you need to really nurture this curiosity. And the way to do that is to keep things fun. Absolutely. Keep your training to the level that you're not having to dig that deep in order to survive. 
If you go into class, here's one thing that Professor says. This is a master of wisdom for all of us. He says, if you have to prepare yourself, if you have to be at your best, if you have to be in 100% feeling great, awesome, strong, no DOMS, no, no muscle soreness, no, um, like, maybe you're coming off a cold and you're not contagious, but you're not feeling 100% physically well, you know, if you have to wait to those times where you're 100% to rock up to class and train, then you are going to quit. Mm. Because you're having to dig way too deep in order to get through a class. And there's like, you will not ever, you won't always be at that condition where you feel great and enthusiastic and energetic and motivated to go in and fight and go in and climb mountains all the time. Like, if you always have to run and you always have to do like a Mount Everest run, you're probably not going to do that run all the time. Whereas if no. you did a Mount Everest just every now and then, you know, but also did some, you know, some nice light jogging you know, and kind of varied things up. And of course you wanna, we have to be very uh, mindful that this is a spectrum of comfort to discomfort, you know, and it has to be somewhere in the middle. Too little, not enough comfort, discomfort, not enough, you know, stress, and you won't be learning, you won't be doing anything. You're gonna be having too much fun, you're gonna be messing around, um, and that won't be helping you. But too much stress, too much feeling that you're gonna die, and you're not going to come back to class. So we need to keep a very fine line, fine balance right there. It's not okay to always be crippled with soreness. It's not okay to have like mega sore joints after every class because you've been getting them yanked. It's not okay to feel like you're dying on the mats 30 times per night, six days per week. It gets old very, very quick. Okay. It depends on the person, sorry, it depends on the person how, how old it's going to get, how fast. But for everybody, it's going to get old fast. Like, it's going to get old. Look, if you're new sure. to jiu-jitsu, you are going to go through this for your first three months. But whilst it gets old very quick, you'll also get out of that stage very quick. Yes. Just wanted to yeah. put that in there. Uh, yes. And, like, have willpower in bundles. Willpower is great. When you train in a way that pulls you to go back. You won't even need willpower. It's like, oh, I can't wait to go to jiu-jitsu today. My willpower is awesome. No, you're not even, like, you're not, for, you're not asking yourself to, to rely on willpower. When you go there and you have fun, and you go, to, you go to a high jiu-jitsu class, and you see your friends, and you do a nice little warm-up, and you practice some technique, and nothing's hurting, per se. Like, it's not really hard. It's not difficult. And then, you know, maybe you do a little bit of specific training. Maybe you stay, and you do an advanced class, and you really enjoy having, like, some tough roles, you know, or maybe that's enough for you and you just go home after the fundamentals or after the intro class. You know, that's fine. You, you gotta do what um, allows you and what promotes you coming back again. Yes. You know, and that's critical. I was just gonna say, talk kind of just a bit of a side, side topic. How do you have fun at Jiu Jitsu? How can we have fun? Obviously, Jiu-jitsu, for me, it's intrinsically fun. Yeah. The learning part's fun. The rolling is fun. Yeah. But there is more to it than we can do than just these strict formats that we're kind of, these ideas that we have because that's what we've seen in class is eventually you'll get a bit more creative with it. How I can have fun. Uh, last night before class uh, with Benny. Yeah. We were just, I wouldn't even call it rolling. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't quite flow rolling, but we were just kind of moving through positions and but just rolling around and being very fluid as yeah. i said i wouldn't call it flow rolling uh but it was quite fun there was no like intent to ever try and submit each other yeah, yeah. but we're just moving through positions basically sweeping each other sweep for sweep side control sweep guard recover sweep yeah just pretty much just playing around not that we intentionally said that's what we were going to do but it was a very fun tempo no one was trying to kill each other you still got to play with the mechanics of how to bring someone off balance and how to practice all your sweeps yeah but there wasn't that kill and die mentality. It was just very fun, mm. playful. I actually felt just through doing that, I was learning and I wasn't rolling with this kind of win or, or die or whatever mentality. And most of all, it was fun. We were laughing and talking when someone would fall over and do something stupid and they'd put themselves in a terribly off balance yeah. way. You know, you know when you, you stuff up and the other person smiles and just takes advantage. That sort of stuff was happening. That's having fun. Yes. And that's at very, very, very little cost 
to your soreness, muscle fatigue, joints, injuries, very little risk of all of those things because it was playful. Has to be like How that. How can we have fun? Jiu-jitsu chess. And, I love yeah. jiu-jitsu And here's the, other, here's the other difference. Like, okay, and then when it came to the end of lab, towards the end, and I said, all right, everybody, putting the timer on. Let's go, find a partner, three, two, one. That was a that was a different level of intensity, was it not? Yes. When you rolled with Danny, absolutely. You guys were like looking for each other's limbs and necks. Had Oscar try and kill me. Yep. <laughs> but what I'm getting at, Maddie, is that there are gears, mm. so you can play that gear with Benny when the time is right and when it's time to. Yep. But you can also go in and try to be killed by Oscar, you know, and avoid yep. getting killed by Oscar and try to kill him instead. Absolutely. You know, like we, we need to have um, levels, and I think that's how you keep it fun. And I think knowing how to use which <laughs> which which level as you were saying before like there's a, there's a certain level of stress to be learning and to be you don't want to be overstressed but you need to be stimulated yeah so if you are feeling overstimulated you know what you can do you can you can still do jiu-jitsu you dial it back to that level one where maybe you're just having that playful role yep. I was talking about so it over it'll balance you back out mm-hmm. so you're still getting to be active in jiu-jitsu but yeah. you've got to pick it for you what's right for you at even it could even be each round as you're rolling. Mm-hmm. It might be the very last round and you're completely exhausted. You just say, hey, let's just not try and kill each other but still roll uh, or whatever. Maybe not. Maybe I like to get people try and kill me when I'm exhausted. Yeah. But maybe that's what you feel you need. If that's what you need to be able to come back tomorrow, what if I'm you're happy like, to support that. Yeah. What if you're like, in, like rolling time in a, in a blue to purple class or in an advanced class? Not quite advanced class. No, advanced class. I'm expecting. Yeah, you know what you're going for. You can't be like. Just, just to clarify. We got like we got one class a week is our advanced class, um, and that's a class where we don't we don't play. We just, but we don't try to kill each other either. We're always super respectful. Yeah, We're always learning, yes. always. But the intensity goes up too, you know. And I got my got our math guards in, and I'm trying to get Maddie's neck, and he's trying to get mine. Absolutely. And um, I might not say sorry. Of course, if I. But, but I'm also, I'm relying on the instincts that I have built throughout the six days that I've been training throughout the week too. And that's why throughout those, my, my, my coordination is better, my understanding is better. Absolutely. And because we've been learning so well throughout the week and for the six days prior to that advanced class, once a week, mm. then I can rely on those instincts to still keep you safe and to still Absolutely. avoid accidents. So when we up the ante in the advanced class. I, I was very careful about this when I started that class. And I think everyone's taken it and run with it perfectly, exactly as I imagined it. Because no one no one goes crazy on each other there. No one goes stupid. Because no. you can very easily go stupid on the mats. We don't go stupid, but there is, at the same time, there's an intensity. Yes. There's a few less, like, laughs in class. Yeah, of course. Which I, I don't expect, I don't, not that I don't want there to be laughs. Of course, if things are funny, we're gonna laugh. But you're not going into the advanced class to laugh and chill and pra- like and just play. Like the playtime in advanced class once a week, one hour a week, is like nope. And we're not playing. We're trying to like go after each other. You're practicing this time. your defense. Exactly. When someone's trying to take it away from you. And that's so critical because in the long game, we have to be doing that as well. It's not like we're saying, you know, hey, we're playing the long game, so we're gonna come to class and just chill out and you know take it easy all the time. Because no, hey, this is a long game, man. I don't even have to roll. It's a long it's game. I can roll. In three years' time. That's no, it. it's not quite like that, you know. Um, but what the long game is, is being very uh, mindful and careful about how much you're going at that level, at that intensity. That's important, yeah. especially as you get older. When you're young, you can roll at that intensity forever and just come back every day and oh, you're just totally fine so again. It was so good. It was, wasn't it? It was, and I was wasted on terrible, terrible short game mentality. Yeah. But imagine, Yeah. Because Maddie, that's how you create monsters when they're they're at their like not even hit their prime yet physically. Yeah, and, and they're already long. And games. they have amazing mechanics and they have an amazing understanding of the whole process of this stuff. Yeah. Man, that's when you get Rylan Lazares, one of the best grapplers ever. Mm. Blackboard under Professor Sauer, Max Holloway's jiu jitsu coach, like the stories I've heard of this guy training is like just magical. Um he's like what, I think he said he's forty. Yep. I'm like, do you have any injuries or anything? He's like, no. He, the fact that he's been training on the Master Sour since freshy white belt, that guy is at the most insane level of jiu-jitsu. Mm. No injuries. Top condition, top, top, uh, just fresh. 
No joint problems, no spine problems, I mean, no neck problems. He probably surfs, has all that ocean water. He's got... Yeah. You have to... Be. Seems like a good life over there. Yeah, it does. We'll come visit one day. We're we going to... Gracie Techniques, Honolulu, we're coming. Because I can't wait to learn from those guys. So, everybody. Um, look, we can... There's a lot to be said. Um, the, the long game. Now, as I was saying before... You know, like, everyone loves training really hard. The rage of our culture currently is like, hustle, we gotta hustle, man, we gotta hustle. If you're not drowning, then you're not in deep enough. You know, mm. I get that. Like, I, and I'm always the same too. I'm always trying to kind of push boundaries. I'm always wondering, have I, have I worked hard enough today? Maybe I haven't worked hard enough. Shit, am I slacking? Am I slacking off now? Uh-oh. You know, I have those thoughts in my head as well. You know, so it's very easy to load things and load and load and load and put like immense stress on it to make sure that you're doing enough. But how strong is the camel's back? You know, like stress can come in many forms and you have to start, you have a white, you have, you start to have a many, many problems on, on the mats and off the mats when you're completely stressed out. And over-reliance on self-discipline and willpower in the push for success is a very quick way to reach game over in this game of long game jiu-jitsu. As in, if you're, try, if you're forcing yourself to come onto the mats, if you're forcing yourself to do what you do with jiu-jitsu, forcing yourself to compete, you know, or um, just anything really, um, when you're forcing technique, mm. that's a big one. When you're forcing a grip, when you're forcing a choke that's not on, when you're trying to force an armbar, um, forcing a sweep, that's a very quick way to get, get the game over because you're going to get injured very soon and the injuries, as we said, are points off, points off the long game. When you think of dedication and, and consistency, it doesn't have to be something of excessive effort and obsessive attention. It's more system. We're talking about systems. Dedication. Oy, it nice, is, it nice. is the long game. What do you have written there, Maddie? Dedication is the long game. Explain. Well, you can be dedicated to something with that self-reliance on willpower and discipline and that yep. drive to be the best. So you're going to show up every day and you're sore and everything hurts and you're still showing up because you're dedicated. And then you're dedicated really hard for three months. Until you're not anymore. Until you're burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> or you can be dedicated consistently a little bit less but in a more sustainable way for the long game mm -hmm. it's like why don't i come to saturday classes johnny i love sleep-ins i love i lived across the road from the sleepy gym, head and i never came i think i came to five saturday classes or something yeah you love in, no in like 18 what's wrong with you in 18 months yeah and it's like i need my day off you know what maddie that's my day off and that's my recovery day yeah. i come pretty much every day during the week so for me, Saturday, I've earned that. I've earned a day off. Yeah, and that's why I, I never, I never said anything to you about that. No. I want you. Of course, I want you in Nogi Saturdays. Man, I want to be there, but it's like it's Saturday. But it's I, I understand. But if you're putting in the the work like throughout the week, then you know who am I to say you have to come? Like you, you need rest. I need rest. There's going to be a sabbatical episode, a podcast on the sabbatical, so we can introduce that to everybody, uh, and you guys get to hear um, how I structure my rest as well. Um, so rest is important for sure, mm. you know, because the, the way of force can't be sustained forever. You can't push yourself around and demand and demand and demand things of yourself and expect it to continue on an ongoing basis. It's not sustainable. It's tiring. Eventually, you will burn out. Burnout comes in the form of injury and unwillingness to make the time, a disdain for the things that you do. You know, like you can just fall out of love with jiu-jitsu. Sometimes that happens, sometimes to some people. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, you know, like a lot of people do. Like, hey, we run a school. You know how many people come in, do a few months, and it's like, uh, you know, just not feeling it. And, you know, oh, I've got things on. And, you know, like it's, it's tough. And that's our school. So imagine what's going on, like, if you're just getting, like, getting put under the... Getting the, spanked the, every day. Spanked back, all back, the time, back. every day, then... I almost feel like for a lot of people, for some people, they thrive. For, for a few people, they thrive in that. I thrived in that. You thrived in that. But it's not for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. And then look at, like, I'm injured. Mm. 
yeah you that's it that's that's your dedication though right like not everyone's gonna have that no i should probably if if it was somebody like less passionate and enthusiastic about jiu-jitsu when this injury happened they would have like it would have been much more would have made much more sense if i had quit yes like in terms of the long game if i'm talking about long game quality of life long game i probably shouldn't be doing like 40 hours of jiu-jitsu a day <laughs> a day uh, a week a week yep <laughs> you know but it has to happen so stuff it. but look you know you don't want to burn out we want to avoid this at all costs and that's why we have to have fun you know so even with my injury I'm still having fun too and I have to work around my injury and well it just might like my injury I could have said you know what I'm not going to change anything I'm going to be stubborn I'm going to be persistent and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing even though my injury has made my physical condition different hmm. you know but I couldn't I couldn't do that I had to, I had to change because it wasn't going to be fun like constantly being in pain wasn't going to be fun so remember you choose the long game the short game is also very fun it's very tempting it involves plenty of hard rounds and lots of sacrifice and glory in the form of victory. Winning is awesome. Isn't winning awesome, Maddie? It is fun. I have to say it is very fun. Being the champ sounds great. I'm the champion. New South Wales champion. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm the world champion. It sounds great. Your hard work pays off. You feel like a million dollars. It's awesome. It really is. And like, it's, it's great. But this is only the battle. You're mm. also trying to win the bigger picture, the war. And the war is staying on the mat for the long game. Most definitely you can compete and play the long game. It's not what we're trying to say. The long game is yielding a battle to win the war. <sighs> Professor said that the entire way throughout his yeah. seminar tour. It was just constant. Sometimes you got to yield and just say, all right, take it. Take the position, take side control. You can pass, my spine is, is okay. Yeah, yeah. But I know I'm going to catch you later in a submission. Yes, and that's going to... That's gonna save everything absolutely yep um, feel free to embrace the chaos for as long as you want to embrace it but have levels like the chaos it's nice but when like when chaos is the only option then you get tired you get injuries others become better at the chaos and you lose that long game mm. like learn chaos but also learn some calm over the years, we see how the leaders of the long game will eventually come to the fore. The investments in the long game won't always come in medals around your neck, but degrees on the black belt and coral belt. Those belts represent the years of hard work and commitment and sacrifice spent on the mats with jiu-jitsu. Chris Halter is like uh, one of the dirty dozen on the first black belts, first, uh, one of the first 12 black belts in America. Yeah. And I think he got his gonna push this but I think Halter got his black belt he got his he got a belt from Hickson let's have a look Chris Halter but anyways he says it's not about how good it's not about who's the best it's about who's left yeah it's not about who's the best it's about who's left who's gonna who's, who do you think is gonna be better at jiu-jitsu in 40 years Halter's a, he, a black belt under Hegan okay but I think it was closely related to Hickson at one point Maybe it was Matt Thornton that got his black belt off Hickson, or his blue belt off Hickson, for, I think. Um, and then he went under Chris Halter. So um, the SBG, Matt Thornton, the head guy, oh, is yeah. under Chris Halter. Okay. Chris Halter's, um he's got this the combat garage, I think, in, in LA. He's got a great video about that, that chat that he has. So have a look at it. But I love what he said. He said, he says, it's not about who's the best, the who's good, it's about who's left. Absolutely. And Master Sauer was saying that too. He's saying all, so he had many friends at the Elio's Academy that kept that, that were better than him. Like way more people better than him. He was like tapping, he'd say 40 times a night. If he tapped 40 times a night, that was actually like pretty good for him. Because he was like 60 or 70. Did you have, when you start, when you started Jiu-Jitsu and you yeah. were a blue belt, were there say purple belts who used to spank you who don't do Jiu-Jitsu anymore? I um, haven't trained in a long time. I'm sure there would be, yeah. Man. So who's, who's, who, who would spank who now? I'd probably spank them. <laughs> You're a black belt. Then <laughs> they stopped at purple or blue yeah, or who yeah. knows. I think you'd spank them. You're left, they're not. Yep. And yeah, that's it, guys. I, um, I'm just very passionate about this subject. Um, I think the long game is the game that I choose to play. 
Um, I think it's a love for high jiu-jitsu. I think every student that comes through the ranks of high jiu-jitsu, whoever signs up and starts paying us and gets a membership out and buys our gi, I think all of these people are intelligent and have uh, are insightful. And deep down, I'm sure they want to be have fun as well, and they want to get better, faster, and you know start to enjoy jiu-jitsu as much as they can. But I think everyone who signs up at our school signs up with the intention of doing this for, like for the long haul and being patient with this because there's no other way. I can't. I haven't seen any other way where it's like you know get a black belt in six weeks, you know, like that. Or get a blue belt in six weeks. Get a black belt in one year. Like I, I, I've, I'm yet to see any program that's that that's effective like that. Like you are a human and the way you work is it takes time to learn this stuff. And jujitsu is so intricate, it's so it's so beautiful and you're gonna be on the mats for a long time. Like you you know, that's at least that's what that's what I that's how I think we can derive the most enjoyment out of jujitsu. And that's what I want for the students of higher and for myself. Um, yes. I think the average black belt's still what, ten to twelve years? Yeah. Is like the average length of time to black belt. Yes, there are phenoms who get it quicker. Yes. And, and, but don't come in expecting to be that. Come in expecting for it to take longer than the average. Mm-hmm. And be surprised when it's not. But that's the long game. That's what jujitsu is about. If you come in from the beginning understanding it's a long game, yeah. treat it as such. Mm-hmm. And you will come out the victor. So you're saying, let's say 10 years to black belt. Yeah. That is um, 52 weeks in the year. Yep. Let's say five, four classes a week. Is that fair? Four classes. Yeah. So maybe two nights. Do a double header, two nights. Yeah. Four nights a week times that by 52 weeks in the year. You're, let's say you're at 200 classes. Mm. 200 hours. Not bad. Times 10. So 2,000. Minimum. Minimum. Probably you need more than that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably need a little bit more than that. You know, hey, some people probably don't. Some people can probably pick it up in that amount of time. They're just like, as I said, some people are phenoms. Mm-hmm. Some people just wake up one day and go, I know jiu-jitsu. <laughs> they they if, download the Matrix program. Yeah, but you know, even with those calculations in mind, what, like, like, what we're trying to get at is this takes time. Mm. It takes a lot of time. You're practicing one thing for 2,000 hours and you're not even close to mastering it. Yeah. Practice something for 10,000 hours, you're not even close to mastering it. How long do you think, how long, how many, Professor Sauer was, used to train every single day, sometimes, if not once a day, minimum once a day. If not once, he'd say he'd be in the mat, three, he'd have three gis he'd have to take home to wash. You know, Because he'd be like sweating a gi out, and then noon class, sweat a gi out, night class, sweat a gi out. I honestly imagine. So how many hours was he spending on the mats before he got I his black belt? I honestly imagine the way they trained back then was the same way we trained when we were on camp. So you're looking at, Two, three, uh, two or three, three to four hour sessions a day. Yeah. Man, when you train that much, you have to be you have to be smart. Is what we have to be smart. Is what everything we've been talking about in today's episode. But so over long over a long period of time, you're also going to get become a very big wizard, mm-hmm. a very powerful wizard. Yes, if you if you keep yourself on path and Absolutely. stick to the right way. Yep. So that's what we're all about, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I'd like to thank Maddie for being a part of it. Um, I want. I'd like to thank everybody who's put in some feedback. Keep it coming, pretty please. We love it. I love hearing um, the things that we do well, the things that we can improve on, any potential um, episode topics coming up. Please let us know. We're here for you. Um, we hope you enjoy it. We hope you get a lot of value out of it. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, fam. Us. Us.